Welcome to episode 55 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Lee Treasure Hunter Janelle. And that's definitely what we have been doing. Uh-huh. It's pretty much taking over our lives. We, uh, we're going to talk about it later on, because um, we're going to do a teaching talk segment, but um, we, you may have noticed it's been a little longer um, hiatus here uh, since we've posted one, and that is because Janelle is kind of the talk of the town. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's very humble about it as well. I'm like a celebrity. Um, we'll just say as a teaser, so make sure you stick around and listen to teaching talk. Janelle got interviewed by the newspaper today. Yes, the local newspaper. The, hey, Breadland's Daily Facts is no joke. So. It's uh, a real thing. And they have an online version, so people will actually see it, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but how you doing? How you holding up? I'm so tired. Well, you just woke up from a five-hour nap. I want to go back to bed. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to talk about that. Amber's going to get you for that. <laughs> yeah, um, we came home. I came. I picked you up from school. Uh-huh. And I told you I think that we should take a nap. And I got really excited about the possibility of napping. Yeah. you know, as adults, we just don't get to nap whenever we want. No, and we want to. And our kids are finally at that age where they can, you know, yeah. keep themselves occupied while well, we nap. So I told them, like, okay, we're going to take a nap. You guys can watch a TV show. Or you know, actually, so they can watch a movie. Because, you know, they've been really good. And they, they uh, you know, we're really wanting to watch like, this thing on Netflix. So I let them pick a show on Netflix, a movie on Netflix. And then we lay down. And I set my alarm to get up. You know, in a couple hours to, you know, because they need to take baths and do their homework and do the whole bedtime thing. And I told Janelle I would, you know, just let her sleep and then I'd get up and do that. Such a sweet husband. So it's somewhere around, keep in mind the kids normally we start their bedtime routine about 7 o'clock if they're done with everything, you know. Somewhere around 8.15, I like roll over and wake myself up and realize that it's dark outside and oh my gosh I never woke up and I found my phone and eventually and I had dropped it on the ground and had fallen asleep in the act of trying to set an alarm so you so I fell asleep probably dreaming about setting the alarm probably because that's the last thing that my phone was on was like on the alarm thing (laughs) and the kids I came out and the kids had watched um, a whole movie plus like three episodes of TV and we're just like playing around in the living room and totally like not worried at all that we just slept the night and it's dark outside and this is school night. No concepts of... They're like, oh, hey, daddy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are still awake. Oh no. And they hadn't done homework. Neither of them bathed. And they were just like rolling around on the couch having fun. Luckily, for some reason, they're celebrating May the 4th be with you tomorrow at school. It's Star Wars Day. I know, but um, I've never heard of a school celebrating Star Wars Any Day. Any excuse not to have to do the, uh, the dress, dress code. The dress code. So I, I'm pretty sure, you know, like Jabba the Hutt was stinky. Are we addressing them as Jabba now? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> They're a Wookiee. Some stinky characters. I, you know, even Luke Skywalker out there sweating it up. Yeah, but it's a dry heat on Tatooine, I would say. Oh. Desert suns and whatnot. Look, I'm trying to have an excuse to make our kids stinky at okay. school. I think they'll be fine. 
But man, that was definitely not how I planned this afternoon to go. <laughs> Come home and sleep until nighttime. Oh well. Uh, we needed it. Yeah. So and you'll hear why in a segment. <laughs> in a segment. All right, well, we have a uh, very quick uh, fights section, so let's get to it. So I this has come to my attention more and more because Phil has been bringing me to work a lot this week, and uh, there's, there's a fight that is... Um, Breaking out, and we call it the graffiti fight. Um, you say breaking out. I've been following this for a while. You just I, finally, I, I put you in on it. I just finally got in on it. You notice things like this. So, on the way to work, there's like a wash. Like, um, is that what it's called? Yeah, like called? there's a little over, like small overpass that goes over like this river, but you know, it's like a cement thing that only has water in it when it rains real heavy. And underneath the overpass, there's a section, a little segment of wall that is frequently graffitied in this little spot. And and I've seen, I mean, you know, we've lived here for years, and I have grew up, you know, in the mountains above here, so I've dr- driven by it many, many times. And recently, there started to be, I mean, this is within, like, the last few months, there started to be this little, little graffiti war going on, but not the type that you might think. Yes. Um, you know, normally it's just like some dumb tags, you know, whatever people like their gang name or what gang affiliation. And then they tag back those hardcore Redlands gangs, you know, yeah, whatever. So those things going back and forth in there, but you know, to be fair, the city um, or whoever does a pretty good job of trying to cover it up whenever it goes in there. So already the fight was, you know, idiots do their little, you know, painting deal in there, their graffiti thing. And then the city comes in and cleans it up and they go back again. Well, a few months ago, I noticed that someone alongside the other stuff wrote a big thing. And I think the first one said something like God is love or Jesus is Lord or something like (laughs) that. Something like that. Some, you know, like thing of that nature, right? And it was like alongside this other stuff. And so they wrote that. And then like the tagger guys like write their stuff back on top of it. And then the city comes and cleans it up. And it kind of goes back and forth like that for a couple of times. It'll say like... Uh, you know, love your neighbor, and then, <laughs> and then, like the graffiti guys just write their dumb old things, and they cover it up. And so, like a couple weeks ago, or no, I guess it was just earlier, late last week, um, they they had covered up whatever the most recent one, you know, like the 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 peace person had written up there. That, yeah, they covered. And it up. then there was this great note, and it says, and again, this is all taking place in graffiti under this like bridge, and it says. Um, you erase the truth, and then it points an arrow to where they had like painted over, yeah, or whatever their last you know message was, and then says, "But you keep keep this," this. and then it pointed at the most recent like gang (laughs) message on there, and now have they painted over that one yet? They painted over that one, but now there's like a smiley face. Well, yeah. So then there's they paint over that, and then there's a new graffiti one and then there's like a big smiley face but it looks i think there's it's made out of stamps or something like i don't know it's a it's a it's a weird like design on it so they're going back and forth it's it's been quite entertaining to to keep up on it so i get a really good view from it from the passenger seat so as we pass every morning because it's right by my school you know keeps us up to date keep keep our each other appraised on the graffiti fight situation 
And so we'll keep you, dear listeners, updated as uh, as more develops here. So we just um, found that very entertaining, very fitting for the fights yes. segment. Yes. Someone fight. You know they say fight fire with fire. Well, they're fighting graffiti with graffiti, <laughs> graffiti I guess. There you go. All right. So we're going to move on to the news. Well, in our regular news segment, you will uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, all the fine places where digital entertainment can be found. Of course, it's free to get them all those places. You just got to subscribe to us. And if you do that, you know, maybe uh, give us a little thumbs up, rate it. Review it. All those things are very helpful. Mm-hmm. We would appreciate it if you guys could do some of those things. You can also find us um, on Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at Mandarian Orange. We got a Facebook page and a group, so you should join those. Posted some fun stuff in there. A lot of Disney news this week. A lot of disturbing Disney news this I, week. I follow. I follow so many Disney sites. It always pops up in my news feed, and I feel like Mandarin Orange Show, the group, is the perfect place yeah. to share that. Well, and, you know, I'm always excited for new Disney stuff, but I'm also always very worried when I see that they're changing classic attractions, because there's a wide range of how that can play out. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes, for instance, the last time they updated the Jungle Cruise, they put in those Piranha. Yeah. And that, that was a fun addition. It didn't take away from the original attraction all it added something new but it definitely you know it, it fit with the theme it, you're, it kept all the charm of the original but just added a new little thing right. in there super fun um then you've got like pirates of the caribbean where they put in johnny depp which in and of itself wouldn't have been so bad if they just kind of stuck in some animatronics but then they changed all the theming where now the pirate says different stuff because all of them are like show me jack sparrow jack sparrow jack sparrow it says jack sparrow like 500 times yeah. in there they took out my favorite part which is going through the dark tunnel perhaps he knows too much and like that whole like dialogue mm-hmm. in the dark and now it's this you know, which granted it's a cool effect, but the projection on the like mists with mm-hmm. Davy Jones, cool effect. Probably should have like used that somewhere else because they took right. out something that I love right. and put that in instead. So now instead you got a bunch of Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow, Jack Sparrow. So that to me is not great. And then you've got the extreme other end, like this Guardians of the Galaxy, where they wrecked Tower of Terror and took out Twilight Zone and made a Guardian Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. Sometimes and we haven't been on that yet, obviously, but. That might be really cool in the end, but it still wrecks something that we loved. Right. Ideally, they would just put new things in, but I realize there's a little more limited they space. don't have room to put their new stuff in. Yeah. So, new. so, interestingly enough, I've been listening to a Disney fan podcast, and they were talking about um, intellectual property is like, the new thing for amusement parks, you know? So, like, Universal kind of, like, spearheaded it with the Harry Potter, like, immersing a whole land, a whole experience in a movie, you yeah. know? Whereas in when Walt opened Disneyland, it was Fantasyland, it was Tomorrowland, it was more, like, generalized, and you'd well, have different sponsors. Well, you had multiple sponsors, things that but fit it within that. Yeah, it wasn't just one movie one intellectual property in there but i think these are things to stay and it's a money maker for them and 
So, you know, that's why we're getting the Cars Land, and we're getting... Star Wars Land. Star Wars Land, and we're getting Galaxy... Guardians of the Galaxy will probably make way for a Marvel Land, you know, like... Well, and see, those things are exciting to me. Like, like I think Star Wars Land, they... I'm hoping, because I haven't been there in a while, but it seems to me they built in enough stuff that is out of the way. I don't think they wrecked anything too mm-hmm. much. I mean, I know that some things have been closed while they're working on it, but I'm pretty sure everything mostly is staying intact. Yeah. From what I can tell. I don't know. We'll have to see. But that's great. I love that they can work new things in there. Marvel Land. I mean, there's there's room over there behind that to make more exactly. stuff. You know. Also, I was thinking, why don't they have Ant-Man somehow tie in with the Bugs Land? I think that would be really cool. I know that yeah. like, is mixing things, but man, that would be fun. You never know. Maybe they will. Maybe, Maybe they they're will. gonna get rid of Bugs Land because everybody thinks Bugs Land is pretty lame. <laughs> I love it, it's such a like love hate thing because the rides in Bugs Land are. I mean, when your best ride is your like spinny ride, you know, um, it says a lot. <laughs> but the theming in that is so cool. Yeah, I absolutely love the tiny it theming. It had a there. good. It had a good like heart. Just didn't. It did, but then that. Yeah, but then again, like I still have this extreme nostalgia for like taking our kids on the choo choo train and stuff like that. You know. Remember, Audrey had a panic attack about going on Heimlich's choo choo train. Yeah, the thing goes like two miles an hour, (laughs) like going through the watermelon and it's spitting it. Yeah, it's oh. Uh, yes, but yes, like that's like our for our kids first. You know, rides yeah. that went on. But this all comes from the fact that the rumor is they're going to be, well, not just rumor, according to Definitely. The maybe, Rock. Maybe. They're going to, they're the making Rock, a. The Scorpion King? Yeah, The Rock is the Scorpion King. Made a little, like, tweet, I think, that kind of said that they're going to be doing, they're making a movie of the Jungle Cruise with him in it, which sounds fun. Yeah. Rock is a, you know, obviously likable movie star. He, I've enjoyed many things, not counting the, the magic of the uh, Scorpion King. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the stuff he's in is really good. That that wasn't his fault. That was the, you know... The Rock the, early, the Scorpion King. That was early 2000s or late 90s uh, CGI's fault, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they're making a movie, and then the rumor is they're going to update the ride with him. And that's where the issue comes in. Because it could be fine, like... There could be a fun little, you know, The Rock animatronic tucked in somewhere or something. Or maybe just, you know, a little bit. I don't know. Whatever theming for the show. But that is, like, one of the most beloved, iconic, like, you know, Walt. It's been there since 55. There's pictures of Walt designing it and writing it and blah, blah, blah. Like, they cannot mess with it. Again, though. It could be done tastefully. Mm-hmm. The the piranhas are fine. You know, they've done other little things to update it over the years. But, you know, there's rumors that they might even, like, change it to all fit with the movie and not have, like, the skippers do the funny jokes and stuff anymore. Right. And that would be devastating. No, that would, I don't know, though. Like, why would they have put a whole restaurant in, at Walt Disney World? Ah, but maybe they'll only change it to Disneyland, not Walt Disney World. That's true, they have done that. They've done that before. So, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe they'll only change the one on Walt Disney World and not, and not the other way around. Did yeah. you say Disneyland? I don't remember. I, don't I know. didn't read it. I didn't use my close reading skills yeah. and uh, get that information. Well, I hope, I just hope that they handle it carefully because 
I, I mean, I love Tower of Terror, but I realize that one is a relatively new one. But this, we're talking about an original 55 attraction. So, so you heard, too, that, like, Ellen's energy adventure is in jeopardy of becoming a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yes, I did hear that as well. And I don't understand that in Florida. Like, they have so much room there. There's buildings standing empty at Epcot. Like, why don't they use some yeah. of those? If they're not going to have a Pavilions of Life, they might as well use well, that building, you know? I just don't understand. Like, Epcot's supposed to be scientific and educational. And how does a fictional comic book characters fit right. into well, even like, that? You got Finding Nemo, but they're like doing fish Ocean, education. Yeah. What are we learning about from Guardians of the Galaxy? And don't get me wrong, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. We already have our tickets to go see it on this. We're seeing it Saturday because we couldn't see it any earlier. But I mean, it's not that I don't like that. Same thing with them putting Frozen in in Norway. Like, right. I love Frozen. I think that movie is fantastic. But that's not Norway. It's not Norway. It wasn't even based on Norway. They were inspired. I think it was by Sweden, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's just, it, they, uh, wish they would consult us first. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I know lots of people think that, but I think you and I, you know, probably are the ones that can consult yeah, the most. I think we know everything I, there is to know. I understand so. Walt's original vision just, you know, pretty thoroughly. <laughs> you guys are pretty much like best friends. Well, I mean, you know, you've read his biography and. Uh, I did. I did. And I, we're going to go. To Tivoli Gardens, the place yeah. that inspired him to make Disneyland. So there you go. So I mean, we're pretty much experts. Wasn't there one? Was there one other rumor that you had posted about? It was Jungle Cruise, but there was another one that you said that you posted at Disneyland that they were um, changing. Yeah, they were they're gonna make a haunted mansion restaurant. Oh yeah, which that's super cool. Oh, but that's a Walt Disney World. That's a Disney World. So they have room because there's lots of buildings there in that area that they could use for yeah. that too. I mean, think about like walking from Fantasyland into the uh, America area. Like, there's yeah. tons of stuff you just walk by that's who knows what's in there. Yeah. You know? So they have room there to do that. I I also heard a rumor that um, they are putting in. Um, Club 33 into Disney World, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that's... For those of you that don't know, I think everybody knows, but Club 33 is Walt's private club that he started when he was alive, and you have to have a special... A member has to get you in. I don't know. I've never been. Well, in the original thing, if I remember correctly, was that was his original investors that helped him out, right? right. And that was their, like, their, private their thing. private, um, you know, club that... Well, wasn't there, was there 33 of them? There was a reason between it, or behind it. Or was it just because of the address on the street? I don't remember. I can't remember now either. But there, anyway, we're, pro- we're probably upsetting Butchering some hardcore it. Disney fans. Sorry, but the guys. point is... That seems like kind of a weird thing to try to replicate. They should start their own. Like, you said Club 71, which is the year that it opened. Well, and I did get that from the Mice Chatters podcast. Oh, so okay, they should good. Call it. I don't want to steal anybody's... Oh, that's good. Uh, ...any other fellow podcasters' information, but on Mice... Uh, not Mice Chatter, Mad Chatters podcast. Mad Chatters. The okay. Mad Chatters podcast, they said, like, they should make it, like, Club 71. Make it its own thing, but don't... Take Club Thirty Three, the exclusive club at Disneyland since the beginning, and yeah, just take people's money and go. Here you go. Here's your Club Thirty Three. 
Well, I hope they're listening. One final uh, Disney Parks news thing. I don't know if you saw this, but I think this is really funny. So, you know, they just... Either they just opened or they're about to open the Avatar Land. Yes, they are. It's, I think it's like it's later this month, right? May. Yeah. I think they're doing like test runs through right now because yeah. you're starting to see some ride throughs pop up online. And I mean, you know, the stuff I've seen, like the effects look cool and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they're, they've put in great attractions. I don't care at all about Avatar. And I'm wondering so how many people old. do. Like, I don't even get why. Well, this is Avatar. the funny part because when they did it, James Cameron said, like, he's doing, I don't know, four, three, four, five sequels, something like that to it, right? And make this whole franchise. And so they started building this park, like, based on that. Well, since then, he's postponed it a bunch of times. And just this week, he announced again that he's putting it off. So the next one, supposedly, if it ever gets made, has now been pushed back to 2020. And and the park's open open now. So... They're basically, like, there is no new thing for at least another two and a half, three years, if he even does it then. I just don't, I don't understand. They they paid, that was a multi-million dollar deal that well, Disney spent on that. They, and who's interested in it? The problem is they needed some, like you said, they're trying to do these big things and they can't use the Marvel stuff in Florida because of that whole licensing thing with right. Universal has that stuff well, in Florida. Well, if they're going to put it at Epcot, they're eventually going to get it. Right? Well, it's here's the thing, though. Guardians soon. of the Galaxy they can use because I don't think that was part of their deal. Mm. Because before the movie Guardians of the Galaxy came out, like even I wouldn't have been able to list off the members of the Guardians of the Galaxy before <laughs> that movie came out. I was familiar with some of the characters like Yondu and Star-Lord. I knew who Rocket was. Um, I mean, I'd, I probably would have recognized a Groot, but that's, I don't know. Okay. Maybe. And I certainly wouldn't have, like, even been able to tell you these, this is the team they're on and blah, blah, Like, it's... It was a very obscure property, so right. I think maybe they can get away with it because they didn't have that as part of that deal. Because at the time, they're like, Guardians of the what? No, we don't care about that. Make your dumb right about that. <laughs> no one's going to ever watch a movie of that. Huh. So, that just goes to show you. There you go. Honestly, when Iron Man came out, everyone like was like, Iron Man? Really? Who's going to watch Iron Man? <laughs> so, I guess Disney doesn't know what they're doing. With movies, Marvel yeah. knows. They've got that stuff down. I think they're doing fine in the theme park department. I think that um, they're the rich ones. <laughs> I realize that, but they still, like, whoever's out there, you guys, like, Disney... Fo- I know I know that the CEOs of the Disney parks and stuff are all Listen listening. Show, so yeah. just give us a call or send us an email, mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com, and say, hey... We're thinking of butchering your beloved, you know, childhood classic attraction. <laughs> Can you give us any tips? And uh, we'll let you know. We'll give you a good plan of attack and tell you how you could subtly update it without, you know, jeopardizing the the nostalgia and the, you know, the true original pure vision of said attraction. So, there you go. That is the news. And um, we have a listener mail. You got mail. All right, so um, Brendo. Yeah, no, we have to tell the story. Because Brendan called. Oh, maybe I was just talking to him. No, maybe it was through text. No, I think it was through text. Anyway, one way or another, he's like, hey, how come you guys didn't read my letter on your last show? And I was like, we didn't get a letter from you. And I asked him where he sent it to, mydarenorange.gmail.com. And I looked, and I still didn't see it. And he says, okay, I'm responding to it. 
Like, you know, he did a reply to see it, like, pop back up, and it still didn't see it. And so, then he's like, did Janelle block me or something? And I was like, no, like, I don't know I what's do going on. I to block our listeners. That's um, my favorite Well, also, I would like to, to point out, when was the last time you checked that email? I don't email? do like, the email. I know you can. I know you have. But... I'm, I'm a social media consultant. Yes. If someone blocks you on You're our Twitter, that's going to be Janelle. If someone blocks you on email, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really I even know. know how to do that, okay? I, I can figure it out, but it's definitely not something that we actually did. But anyway, point is, then we looked, and I looked, and it was in the spam folder. And I can't see anything that in his email that like would have identified it as spam, so... That was um, weird. So I don't anyways, know. anyways, but he suggested you use the contact form? Yeah, because that gives us an extra like notification so that it will, it will pop up. So if you have emailed us and we haven't read it on the show it's because it probably went to spam well I, I mean i don't know i don't think it's generally a problem but if you write and we do the next show or two and you haven't read it just you know hit us up again let us know maybe through facebook or a different means of contact like hey i wrote you at this and i didn't hear from you um and you know because we're not ignoring anyone's letters intentionally so you know don't have your feelings hurt and um we'll get to it so that was a good, it was good, actually I think Brendan was probably just helping us out by testing our systems yes. there, so. Um, I, I definitely don't block our beloved listeners. That's right. Unless you do something to make me mad. That's right, so don't enrage <laughs> Janelle and you're fine. Uh, but you haven't been particularly enraged lately. I haven't, so I really haven't. I've been tired, that's all. Well, so that lead-in, A, reminds you guys to, you know, write to us, mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com, or use our contact form, and let us know. Um, but also, this is why Brennan's letter sounds like it was written from, like, four weeks ago, because I think it was. Okay. <laughs> so he says, um, I haven't seen Chips, so I don't have an opinion on the movie itself, but a quick look at box office mojo shows, I don't think you'll be seeing more. And, yes, um, I believe that you're correct. It, it definitely did not uh, have the... It was so funny. It was. I do think that there's some kind of crucial elements that we talked about that probably limited its audience. It's funny because I know, like, uh, you know, 21 Jump Street went the, like, you know, the R comedy, super wacky, like, and it was very successful. But because they went that route, there's certain parts of the fan base that definitely, mm. you know, weren't on board for it, but obviously there's plenty of new people for it. Right. And Chips definitely is another one where, you know, a lot of the people who might have been interested weren't up for a, a hard R comedy. So I think that limited their audience in that regard. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe next time they should just consult us, right? You know. Well, we do know everything. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to make a movie... Just, just send us an email. Say, hey, how's this sound? Any tips? And we'll let you know. There you go. We should just be consultants on stuff. On stuff. We're stuff consultants. Stuff consultants. All right. Um, anyway, I'm going to get back to his letter. He says, also, after listening to an interview with Dax, that's Shepard, uh, who directed the movie and wrote it. Wrote it, I think, too, mm -hmm. right? On WTF, that's with Mark Marin, where he basically said this was his last shot as a big movie director, which is sad. It sounds like we'll be seeing him back acting on TV really soon. As a huge Parenthood fan, I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, we also could see him acting in movies, I would say. I mean, I don't think... 
He might be in director jail after this, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just so weird. I've seen major more flops. Well, I don't think, I'd have to look, but I don't think it was a huge, huge budget. Like, I don't think we're talking about, uh, you know, like Waterworld type of box office disaster. But it definitely... Well, didn't Ben Affleck direct Jiggly? I don't know if he was in it. I don't know if he directed it. I don't think he directed right. it. I don't know. Plenty of people have come back from worse failures, but I have a feeling he might be right about the director thing. I, but I don't think he's out for acting. I think he's still He's still too okay. funny. Plus, like, he and his his relationship with, with um, his wife... Yes. ...is so cute. The wife, like, the wife-husband thing They're, has got to... Like, that, that's, be, that keeps them in their... Um, for sure. Forever. Kristen Bell, for those, I guess, that don't know... Um, it's his wife, and they're they're like the, one of the cutest couples. Yeah, I think them and like Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. Yeah, um, adorable. Which is weird. Like I never thought I would be like saying who's cute couples, but they, it's undeniable. Like regardless right. of how like much of a tough man you are, they're like the cutest couples in Hollywood. Like yeah. hands down. There you go. So there you go. Um, all right. He says as a huge Parenthood fan, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think Dax is really funny. I, I mean, started Parenthood. But yeah. I didn't finish it. I think that's true of like fifty shows. I, I you was, love to do that. You love to like watch two or three episodes of a show and then just move on. It drives me crazy. Uh-huh. I finished some other ones that you wanted me to, and I'm working on that book now. That's good. So I'll but get there. I, so I get in this regard, like you watch a show a little bit and you're not into it, and you, okay, I'm not gonna watch it anymore. That's fine. No, that's not it. But that's not the case. You'll watch shows and be like, this is great. And then you're like, and then we'll say, okay, what are we going to watch tonight? And you'll be like, well, let's start something new. And I'm like, we have like eight shows that we like, we want to finish. Like, yeah, but I want something new. And I'm like, uh. It's a time issue, and I don't have as much time to watch TV as I would like. And so I want a little, I want to dabble, Phil. Just uh, let me dabble. I don't want to dabble. <laughs> I want to complete something. And then, like, you're like, watch good shows while you're, like, watching stuff on your own. I'm like, I don't want to watch good shows. I want to watch stuff that I could go in and out of the room and get my stuff done. Yeah, but, like... like white noise. But then, like, why don't you watch something like the Goldbergs or something that's, like, Because I pay attention to that and don't do the stuff I need to do. Like, uh. here's me. I'm sitting in the... I'm, like, cleaning up the bedroom, and I have Goldbergs on in the background. And then I have to go put something in the kitchen, and I can't leave because the show is too good. It's so funny. But pause and it. the 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 pause button, it's just too much effort. It's like to I press want, a button. I want to be able to just go in and out and be able to follow the story, and that's why I watch my teenage soaps when I'm cleaning. Ugh. Because there's not no question what's going to happen when I walk out of the room. Yeah, nothing interesting will have transpired. I'll be able to follow the storylines. You can follow the storylines of the Goldbergs. You just miss out on a lot of awesomeness, that's all. So I don't want to miss out on awesomeness. So watch ones you've already seen that are entertaining. Well, I've done that, too. I'll put on, like, The Office. But then I get into that, and then you come in the bed bed with me and go, Oh, I love this episode. And then we, like, <laughs> binge-watch something we've already watched. Office is great. The other day, like, this is, like, yesterday, I watched some movie trailer, and then, like, you know, it has, like, the autoplays, and the next thing, and the next thing was, like, a 20-minute supercut of a bunch of Office bloopers. 
And usually bloopers on comedies aren't funny. No, but the office. Well, because it's all all their improv stuff and just playing off of each Mm -hmm. other. And it's so amazing. So, like, I think I was uh, maybe or may or may not have been in the bathroom at the time. And you're like, what are you doing in there? And I was, like, ten minutes into a 20-minute office bloopers thing. So... No, I was trying to plan our trip to Europe that's happening in five weeks that we're not done with. Yeah. And a lot of good that did since one of our vacation rentals got denied. Well, we got some progress there. And we watched some really funny office <laughs> bloopers, so. Um, all right, let me finish Brendan's letter here because we're still like not quite finished with it. Um, this is a way to stretch one listener mail into like 20 minutes here. There you go. Uh, then he says, not even going to touch the Woody Allen stuff. I joked that maybe that's what got him into the spam, was just writing the Woody Allen name into the email. Google. Probably. Um, anyway, we addressed all the Woody Allen stuff on the last one. But like I said, that's why this is older uh, stuff here. Keep up the great work and more kids on the show, please. Oh, we got a request. No, we definitely, we need to. I, I want to do more with them. Uh, I was talking about... Maybe doing like a mini, just segment. a mini episode of theirs. Maybe like they could just have their own segment. Yeah, that's true. Or I was thinking like, you know, we put out one episode, like regular episode, and then just like a five minute Mandarian mini sode, <laughs> something like that. Well, with they them. do want their own YouTube channel. I know. The Vecchio Life Show. The Vecchio Life Show. <laughs> um. Well, we'll have to see. I'd like to do that. I. I I can't guarantee when that will happen because uh, we have a hard time keeping up. I do up. have a story about Audrey today. All right. This fits well into the end of the listener mail since he talked about kids. So today, like, as soon as I get in the car when you pick me up after work, Audrey's like, guess what, Mommy? The silliest thing happened. I switched my backpack with Janessa. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... Oh, really? So, she's like, I guess she'll have to text her mommy and we'll have to go over and get it. Yeah. Now, to be fair, they do have the exact same backpack. Like, they thought that was cute since the beginning of the year. But I've been in their class and they have, like, their hooks. So, unless they, like, put them on each other's hooks. I think they did. No, I... I know that your theory is that she wanted to have a little mini play date because then we had to go over to their house and, and then they swapped like, them back. We were, we were in there for like 20 minutes. I yeah, I stayed in the car and kept mommy. the motor running and then I eventually like just parked it because I thought... They were like playing with toys. Luke's like, I want to come in too. So, but I, honestly, I believe her intentions were pure because, <laughs> and this is the funny part, so... We were driving along to get you and, you know, I just, I was asking them about their day and we talk about all the stuff and... And uh, it, I always, one of the questions I always ask them, just because I think it's funny, is like, okay, what, did you eat all your lunch? What from your lunch did you eat and what did you not eat? Because this is A, how I find out what stuff they actually like right. and don't like. And, you know, B, I just, I ask them about every element of their day. Yes. And like she a said. a good parent should. That's right. I, I try to find out every single thing that happened. So, um, she said that the only thing she didn't eat was her raisins. And Luke does not like raisins. Those raisins have been in there for like a well, week now. I know. And so sometimes, you know, if they don't eat it and it's not something that would go bad, we'll just leave it in there for the next day, you know. Right. Um, and so she's just, she, Audrey will eat raisins, but she doesn't super like them. Luke hates raisins. So I was like, all right, well, just hand me up your raisins. I'll eat your raisins, right? Uh-huh. And then she that's when we discovered she went and opened her backpack and she's like, where's my lunch? Oh, no, I grabbed Janessa's backpack okay. like that. So it was pretty innocent. 
But the funny part is then on the drive back, um, you know, I told you, oh, can you text Janessa's mommy because we need to uh, get um, her backpack. And Luke's like, yeah, daddy really wants to get it back because he wants those raisins. (laughs) (laughs) You want weak old raisins. That's what it's about. That's why I needed to get it back, not because of her other stuff. Funny. And I, to be fair, I haven't even gotten the raisins yet, so... There's some more. I have plenty of boxes of raisins. I know. I really wasn't that excited about the raisins. I just was like, well, if you're not going to eat them all, you know. <laughs> That's what dads do, you know. You're the, the vacuum. That yeah, what have you guys after. not eaten yet? That's why, as a dad, I had a hard time uh, maybe putting on some pounds, because the kids get all this yummy food and they don't eat it. Right. Someone's got to take care of that. All right, well... Let's move on to um, the bulk of our week. Yeah, teaching talk. Mommy and Daddy is teaching talk. Teaching talk. All right, so I've been talking about this for a while now. Back in November, I um, wrote a grant that I won um, from the Redlands Educational Partnership Foundation, for um, $1,875, and it was to do a room escape in my classroom. And um, it finally came to fruition this over the past weekend. We, um, well, you've been working on putting it all together. Since November. You bought the elements for it. You wrote the story. We wrote all the puzzles. Matt. Vecchio of Mountain Room Escapes came down, and he's been coming, he came down a couple times to work out some other stuff with us too, but he was there to put the um, tech stuff together and, you know, helped us set up the room, and um, we went live on Sunday with an alpha tester group. We did three testing groups with, um, you know, family and friends and other teachers at your school. Well, mostly teachers at your school. We had my family came down, and then the rest was, like, teachers from your school. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Teachers from other schools I've worked at. (laughs) Well, and then, like, you had the PTA people and stuff like that. So, um, and we had our kids. So, our kids went with Grandma and Grandpa up to Big Bear so that we could get the stuff done, and then they brought them down, and my parents came through it, and then our kids did it, because we wanted adults to test it, but the whole thing is for third and fourth graders. Right. So we needed some kids... some kid groups to go through as well. And um, the the hubbub is very exciting. I, I first got a lot of really good feedback from the parents and teachers and PTA people that went through the room. And um, some of the quotes have been like, I can't even believe this is a classroom. Um, I feel like I'm at Disneyland. Um, This is so exciting and stressful and amazing, (laughs) like in a good way. Um, my, My principal came and went through and you could just tell she was like blown away. She came through on Sunday and did it. And um, she was like, they are going to love this. So um, we went through. I have a sub. sub, My poor sub. She's wonderful. I got the same sub. She's been in there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I had to move my class. Tomorrow, I had to move my class into the multi-purpose room, the cafeteria, because we're 
overcrowded at our school and um, we don't have another classroom. We don't have any additional classrooms. So there, I set up a classroom in the cafeteria. And then um, Tuesday, the cafeteria was being used for different meetings. So I had to move them to the library. They've been all over the place. And they've just been the traveling classroom. And I like owe them a party or something because they've been. How about an awesome escape room? Fantastic. Yeah, I could. I, that's fine. But all the other classes got that too and got oh, okay. to stay in their own okay. room. <laughs> well, okay. So just to kind of describe it a little bit, since you won't ever have a chance to do it. Um, it's, you know, just for the yeah, school, it's... um, it's a pirate theme and what, the way that we did it, we used like all staging stuff and, uh, curtains and, uh, like backdrops to disguise her classroom so that when you walk into her classroom, it does, it looks it's like Disneyland. Every experience. wall is blacked out. There's curtains and decorations and everything so that it looks like, and we created like, t- like hallways and stuff. Tell- it looks yeah. like you're walking into... Um, like a darkened beach. There's a boat that's crashed on shore. We built a cave up in front. Um, and so they come in. And you can hear the ocean waves crashing. Oh, yeah. You've got the sound effects. It sounds like a boat is, like, rocking in the water. And The story is they're modern treasure hunters. A ship has washed on shore. An ancient pirate ship. And they have uh, 30 minutes before a storm is going to come and wash it back out to sea. And they've got to find the hidden pirate treasure. And so they start off, and they go and climb through this cave, and the boxes with their puzzles like are hidden in there. Fake candles that oh, yeah. kind of flicker, but they look really realistic. They do look really. Some rough. of the people thought like you had candles in there. Like, you can't have candles, and like they're it's not candles, not candles. <laughs> but it does. They look very realistic, you know, if you're if you're not looking too closely. Um, and then like they go through the cave, and they come out into the hull of the ship, and we built the entire hull of a ship out of. Uh, desks. desks and paper and with some projectors and things like that and, and it lighting looks, effects we have like rippling water effects we like have a, like these old-fashioned lamps and i stuff. bought like a lot of like piratey looking decor so that's like sitting out on around the boat the school had um some like old props from a play they did last yeah. year so we have barrels and crates and crates stuff like that. Crate stuff. and barrels. Yes, crate and barrels. Um, anyway, it's it's super awesome. So much so that word quickly got around. The social media director from the district came out and did a thing on it. The local newspaper came out and interviewed you and the kids yeah. and did a thing on it. And you can see um, uh, on my my teaching Twitter is what I use it for. It's called at Rosie the Rose, which. I started it for your web it's character comic. from Brax, the Alien Rocker. Um, at Rosie the Rose. Um, if you look for that, I've been, you know, live tweeting. She, the The social media director put a periscope up today of the kids going through the room. So if you you're should interested, make the picture for this one a picture from it so that they yes, can see. I'll, I'll make, and maybe and throw I'll some, some in the, stuff, in the but, group. Um, it, it's been fun, and the kids. I, they, I haven't had a single complaint about not having the most amazing experience of their life. Yeah, well, kids like have come, I've seen kids like, in tears of joy, come up and hug Mrs. Vecchio and say this is the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> well, today at the end, the, the like, they get, the end goal is they get into a pirate treasure chest. Yeah. And it's filled with fake gold and, and gems jewels. and jewels. And 
they got out with like 15 seconds to spare. Like it was down to the wire. You know, this girl was like shaking. The one opening the final lock. It was lock. like yeah. just shaking and it was like so like stressful but in a good way, you know, cuz they were just excited. And this little boy just like wraps his arms around me like he texts me. He's like Thank you, Mrs. Vecchio. This was amazing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I can't believe how meaningful. Like, I knew it would be fun. I knew that, like, I knew the kids would be learning a lot. I knew I could connect it back to the standards. But this is, like, life-changing for some of these kids that have never, and a lot, none of them have been to Disneyland. So they don't, they don't know like that we used some Disneyland effects and made it, you know, like a Disney experience. So they really feel like they're in the story, like they're in the puzzle. It looks pretty rad. I'm yeah. just telling you, like, I mean, I was a part of building it, yeah. but it's great. Like, and we didn't take any stuff out of her classroom. It's no, all it's hidden all behind hidden staging behind stuff. And, and, and we stuff. use, you know, like I said, the we desks and chairs. We just the desks out of the way. Or we use and them, we use them in, the in the construction, but it's covered in paper and other decorations. And Phil... Tell, tell them about your, your handiwork. Well, the cave, like I mentioned. And I had this vision of making this cave they would crawl through. and I, To I was, start the adventure. To start so it, they yeah. crawl in one way. And they then they come, come out, out the other into way into the ship. the experience. So, and, and it, we have, like, these flickering candles in there. So, you know, it's, just, yeah. it's pretty rad. Yeah. And um, when I was, like, putting it together, like, that was one of the last things we did when we were staging it all. And I put, there. there's four corners of the cave, like, for construction. Mm-hmm. And there was just a desk, a kid's desk, and then a chair on top of each one. And I kept saying, okay, then go through the cave there. And you and Matt were just like, I don't, okay, how is this cave going to be there? And I'm like, just trust me. It's going to be cool. We get it. It you guys was, were very skeptical about this cave. It was one of the final things we put together, And then too. You, I kept saying, okay, they go through the cave. And they're like, how is this going to work? I'm like, look, let's just build a cave so you guys can stop asking about this. And basically, all we did is we got big butcher paper and wrapped it around the, you know, the little columns that we made with the desk and chair and then kind of crumpled it and used it to go over the top of it and with all this big crumpled paper created this this cave that they go through and it looks rad and we put like the candles in it with they they grab a box out to start their adventure with the lights on it you know it looks like a bunch of crumpled paper over but with our lighting effects Mm -hmm. that we have because it's all dark they use flashlights and we've got these old lamps and the flickering candles and stuff it looks like you're crawling through a cave it's really rad yeah. And the sound effects all bring it home. And we've got the cool like soundtrack that we put together. And it's so cool. It's yeah. so much fun. And so we went through, like, we did the rooms on Monday. Then on Tuesday, I start getting phone calls from different people, people around the school district. And so today, I had three group, three people come through. In the in the first room, I had the social media director for the school district. In the second group, I had Redlands Daily Facts newspaper come in. She like interviewed kids, did a story, took pictures, and then in the third group, I had all the um, they're they're basically like curriculum coaches, teachers on assignment that they go around to many different schools and help teachers. You know, they they'll do demo lessons. They're like the expert, you know, teachers. And I had a group of them come through and 
I was like, where did you hear about it? And they're like, oh, we saw it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I heard about it from <laughs> from such and such. And so it's spreading by, you know, word of mouth that this is the thing to do. The teachers on assignment said, we need to go do a room escape tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and We told them they should go do mountain room escapes. But, yeah. It's, uh, it's been, it's been, um, it's been my little celebrity moments. So. It's been very, very fun. Um, I've been able to go in each day and help to run it because mm-hmm. you need like a second person to, you yeah. have your student teacher's been great. Mm-hmm. Ashley's mm-hmm. been helping out. Um, but she had to like help watch the kids some of the times yeah, too. So, she did. um, so I just been helping run out cause someone's got to, you know, start the music and it's all It's better things. to have three too, because you got to remember kids have never done a room escape before. So they don't even know, like, they're like, what like, are we what? doing? Yeah. Like some kids are just like wandering around. Like what, what am I doing? Okay. Read your, right. read your card. <laughs> so yeah, it's a much more guided experience than a traditional room escape. The main thing is to get them to interact with the story and, of course, to, you know, use their problem solving to get all these different puzzles solved right. and stuff. Um, it's been great. I'm very proud of you. Aww. Because um, it's, it's not something that all the teachers do. Um, I just, you know, most people don't. And it is, like, I love, like, each time a new person walks into the room and you can just hear, like, the gasp of, like, yeah. this is a classroom. Because yeah. it looks like you're walking into... A Disneyland attraction. And let me tell you, like, there have been some, you know, there's always a couple, you know, really stern people you work with. It's hard to, like, break their facade. And I've had a couple, more than one, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, thank you for doing this. And that's been really rewarding for me to, like, kind Uh of break that exterior and get... Yeah. You know, to some their genuine heart. excitement. Yes. Yeah. Some some emotion and it's just been so exciting and Well and also like, you know, as the proud husband, I, it's hard for me not to get a little teary eyed hearing all Aww. this. But like when you do like the, the debrief with the kids afterwards and you talk to them like what did you learn about teamwork and what math concepts were you using and hearing them like, Oh, I learned that I really need to like listen to my my teammates and mm-hmm. work together and communication and this is stuff they come up with on their own. It's well, just I, amazing. I, I was like they're like showing me that they got more out of the experience than I even anticipated. Like one little girl, she said, I learned that um, we all have our strengths. She's all, you know, I'm really good at division, like, mentally, but Sam here is really good at, you know, manipulating and changing objects, and Sarah could open the locks, and we needed people who could, like, not be nervous, shaking, and hold their flashlight steady for us so we could see, and she's all, we all bring something to the table, and I was like... Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. like, so they get stuff out that I didn't even realize. Yeah. And then the other thing they kind of made eye-opening was they said it was really stressful. But when we sat back and, like, calmed down and, like, kind of tuned out the time, we were able to, like, come together yeah. and, like, solve it. Well, and you've talked about how it kind of represents, like, when they're doing their big state testing yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I made that They get nervous connection. and... It's a time pressure and that 
that this is these are important skills like working under that pressure not letting that get to you but still just focusing and, and on what some your of the task things they're calculating are going to be on the state test i actually bought test prep books you know made them piratey themed right. and interactive but but every one of the puzzles hits at least two or three standards mm, that will be on testing and that they're learning about in their we're classes we're going to do that in a couple weeks so um you know just learning about stress management and time management and things like yeah. that that I didn't even think about when I wrote it, but it's totally Well, true. and one of the things I think is really cool, we we have, there's six main puzzles. They come in through in groups of 12 and, you know, pairs, we pair them off. So there's six main puzzles each, like, that get solved. And we kind of differentiated. We've got a few that are sort of, you know, sort of the average, you know, like, average difficulty Mm -hmm. and then we have one that's pretty easy and quick and then one that's like extra challenging and so you know you're talking to the teachers ahead of time like you know which which students should i give should i give the extra challenging one to which one might need like a little easier one you know to help them out i'm differentiating within the room and then like if a group gets their puzzle done they're allowed to go and help their other teammates and solve theirs but what's amazing is that i've seen each one of the puzzles, and some of them are very challenging, mm-hmm. and some of these kids, I mean, these kids are all so smart, and seeing mm-hmm. them, like, tackle a puzzle that when we were presenting it to the adults, they're like, I don't know, this might be too hard for third and fourth graders, you guys might mm-hmm. have done this too hard, and every one of those puzzles have had at least two or three of the groups come through that just blew through it, mental math or whatever, didn't need right. any assistance whatsoever, right. where when our adults went through, we were like, hmm... How would you approach this? And we had to right. like guide them a little bit, you right. know. Um, every single one of them. There wasn't a single puzzle that some kid didn't just immediately be able... And, and challenging. I mean, we're not talking easy. Like, for instance, there's one where they have an unlabeled globe. Mm-hmm. And it's got fractions associated with each continent. And they have to place the continents in order of um, descending size Great, of fraction. Greatest to least. Greatest to least. And then... Uh, get a code based on the the letters in a letter code it's a letter code right lock. based on the letters in the continents in order of the fractions and then find a lock that matches that and put that code in but the continents aren't it's not labeled it's just like sort of a a blob it's on there it's a chalkboard globe so and you know so there's several steps you got fractions you got geography and it's all mixed together and then you have to enter in the lock and at least two or three of the groups mm-hmm. just boom figured I, it out. just figured it out Amazing. And then there's a, I mean, we have like a pirate treasure map where they have to follow the directions and put it into the direction lock. These kids have never seen a directional lock They figure it out. So it's been really, really impressive to to see them go through it. It's been really cool. I'm very proud of you. And that has been the... entirety of what we've done for the last like week and a half like i can't even we sat down to record tonight and i'm like all right what stuff should we talk about and we're like i guess room escape because we, done anything we haven't done anything else that's all that we have done so it's been super fun and i'm i'm ready to you know i'm ready take to a break. move on <laughs> everybody's like well what are you gonna do next year so of course i've already have some ideas oh yeah <laughs> space yeah like um I figure if I, I can alternate these two, because I do two grade levels, so if I just alternate two back and forth, it can definitely be an annual thing. But I'm going to have to rework some scheduling, time commitment things, so it doesn't overtake my life so much. Yeah. But it's definitely been fun. 
It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also been very fun talking on the show with you guys, and I think that it's about to come to a close here. Thank you so much for listening to the Mandarian Orange Show. We appreciate it. Yes. Hope you guys are doing well. Haven't heard from a few of you in a while, so give us a little update. A couple uh, people that we miss out there, so tell us what you guys have been up to. And um, we will uh, be back again next week on the show. Any other plugs you need to give out there, Janelle? No, I haven't really done much. All right. Well, Check out my Twitter, at Rosie the Rose, my teaching Twitter. <laughs> there you go. There's some fun stuff on there. And um, also, if, if you also listen to Alex B. Keaton is my friend, you may notice that's been on a little hiatus with both Easter and the uh, uh, Room Escape thing. Um, I do have another guest lined up for next week. But uh, don't worry, that hasn't gone anywhere. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. Make sure you send us an email, mandarinorangeshow.gmail.com, or use the contact form, because that will uh, definitely get to us. And uh, I think that's going to do it. Thank you guys for listening. For the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm Janelle Vecchio. And we talk so you don't have to. podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.